Hi everyone, welcome to the final bonus episode of 2020 of Jolly of the Month Club. I'm your host, Diana Koch. On this episode, I am joined by a returning guest to discuss our favorite films in this dumpster fire of a year. Not a great year for cinema, but we're going to make this episode great. My guest is a frequent contributor to Jolly of the Month Club. He is a musician, filmmaker, and fellow podcaster, Wade Brown. Hello! <laughs> I'm back. Uh, you know, we literally just recorded an episode of this month's John Month Club, like, yeah. an hour ago? We're actually talking about movies that are not from the 70s. Yes. We're talking about all 2020 releases. They also might not be from Italy. This episode will be spoiler-free. We will not go into detail with any spoilers on any of the films, but we will talk about synopsis, cast, directors... Fun stuff like that. Yeah. We have rules with our lists. At least for mine, the film had to be released theatrically or digitally in 2020, USA. So if it was released overseas in 2020, but not in the US, it doesn't count. Yeah. As of December 28th of, we were, of our recording, if it comes out December 29th, not too bad. <laughs> also, if we... Let's say your number 10 is my number 5. We'll wait. We'll mention it. That way there's duplicates and then we can discuss it more in depth when the second person gets to it on their list. Yes. Yeah, I'm ready for this. Are you ready for this, Diana? I was born ready. And I think, Diana, you, I mean, you're the host. You should go first. Coming in hot with a real hot take... Number 10 for me, Gretel and Hansel. That is my honorable mentions. All right, so directed by Oz Perkins and starring Sophia Lillis, who is best known for the more recent It films. Gretel and Hansel is a story of two children, siblings, who must fend for themselves in a dark, unforgiving world after their mother descends into madness. It's a dark fantasy horror film based on the German folklore tale, Hansel and Gretel by Brothers Grimm. I love the visuals and the set design. I feel like this movie is probably not on a lot of people's lists. I looked at Letterboxd today and it had like a 2.7 out of 5, which really makes me sad. But again, I really love the visuals and I don't even care that most people found this film to be hollow or shallow, or not much substance. It really, it did it for me. So that's my number 10, and it was released in January of this year. So it's also, I own the soundtrack. I also yeah, own the soundtrack. I, I, we saw it together in the theater. One of the lonely times it was mm-hmm. in the theater. Well, while I'm mentioning Sophia Lillis, who is in Gretel and Hansel, she plays Gretel. I also wanted to recommend the Netflix series, I Am Not Okay With This. She's the lead in that series. And it's a few episodes, I think it's like five or six episodes. But that's a really cool show, so I would recommend that. It's a 2020 release as well. What's your number 10? Oh, boy. Uh, my number 10, Uncle Peckerhead. Huh, that's not on my list. Yeah, Uncle Peckerhead. It's a movie, I'm going to say now, these are my top 10 favorite films of the year. Not best films of the year. I don't yeah. think Uncle Peckerhead. It's our personal favorites. Yeah, Uncle Peckerhead, to me, I think I gave it like three and a half stars. It ain't perfect. It's like one of those movies that needs to be turned up to be great. Um, it's basically uh, when a punk band ser- scores their first tour, life on the road proves tough when they are joined by a man-eating demon as a roadie. 
I really adored this film. I think because maybe I've been in punk bands. I've been screwed there. It's the earnestness of, like, the, I think, the trio of duh. I think the main, I forget, <laughs> uh, the person who plays Judy, I'm not really sure what her name is. Let me check real quick. Yeah, she hasn't been in much. Chet she was good. She feels, like, authentic. Yeah. The best part of the movie is Uncle Peckerhead himself. Peckerhead. Yeah, yep. He's so endearing, and it's it's a cheaply made splatter film, I think. Splatter punk film. Very, like, blood splatter and punk rock and yeah. some crude jokes, and it's a fun watch, but I think I gave it, like, a three or three and a half yeah. as well. It was, uh, Peck is infectious with an energy, and as I wrote in Letterboxd, all in all, this one struck a chord with me, a power chord. Bahahaha. Punk. My number nine is Palm Springs. That is, oddly enough, that's my number nine. Really? Yes. Okay. I watched that movie, I think the day that it premiered on Hulu. I wasn't expecting much. I'm not really a romantic comedy type person, but I found it really endearing. The story follows two strangers who meet at a Palm Springs wedding only to get stuck in a time loop. I thought the chemistry between the two leads, it's Andy Samberg and Kristen Milliot, was great. They're both very funny. Andy Samberg, probably his best role. I'm a big, I'm not really a big fan of Andy Samberg. I think his comedy is a little too loud. And I love Eric Andre. And I think that a- Andy Samberg's is too <laughs> loud. I feel like his humor is not for me. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. He is amazing in this film. Palm Springs is available on Hulu, so if you want to watch it now, you can. And you watched this when it came out. I watched this Saturday? I watched it the day after Christmas, t- December 26th. Yeah. It's easy going. For something that's like so dealing with quantum time loops and seriousness of like you're stuck in this loop, it had this lax feel the whole way through. There were stakes, but you didn't think it was like the end of the world. I love this film. Check it out. It's on Hulu. Yep. Palm Springs, number nine. So my number eight is a film that actually it's a 2018 film, but it just premiered in the U.S. in April of this year. Oh, boy. It's a Russian comedy drama thriller called Why Don't You Just Die. It's in my list. On your, it's on your list? Mm-hmm. Your top ten? Yes. Oh, let's circle back. All right, what's your number eight? My number eight is Survival Skills. That's an honorable mention of mine. It came out. It's on Amazon Video, so it counts. It's like, does this count? Did this come out on yeah, digital? Yeah, it's on digital. Yes. Yep. And this movie, like, I watched it for Nightstream. Nightstream Film Festival. Yeah, and it's got a great concept, but it's so deep. Yeah, so the concept is it's a lost police training video from 1988, which tells the story of Jim, who is a new police officer, and he gets in over his head when he tries to solve a domestic dispute yeah. outside of the law. And it's basically the, the, the video is his, his one year in the force. Yeah, Stacy Keach is the, the instructor, and he's great in it. It breaks the wall. It's third wall breaking. It, it, it just shatters the wall gets it really deals with like this is what cops go through on a daily basis they want to save everyone but they can't and jim right his name is jim jim yeah tim i thought it was only tim uh jim you feel for the guy the world does not deserve jim he is what a cop should be and one of my favorite scenes is when they're like okay we're gonna not focus on this guy and then he shows up yeah i love that um also the the satanic panic part of it like when they're like playing D and D at one scene. I know we're not talking about spoilers, but it's such a small thing. And it also for a gimmick, it doesn't 
where uh, it's welcome. I agree. Yeah. All right, number seven. Number seven. All right, so my number seven, 2019 film, but it did not come out in America until earlier this year. You can also hear me talk about this over on the Criterion Connection. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Not on my list. I thought that came out last year, honestly. Yeah, so it, te- it was a 2019 it's release, right, yeah. but it did not come out in America until February 14th, 2020. And it's now available on Hulu. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, of course, you've probably heard all about it. It was very popular during award season. It follows the story of a female painter who is obligated to paint a wedding portrait of a reluctant young woman. They spark a relationship, and it's a beautiful shot love poem that it's very dreamy and beautiful, and you can hear me gush about it over on YouTube. And me, I will be... What did I think? I thought it was okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I loved it as much as you did. You're very into like that's this I think year. you're more not not against the the genre, but I think you're more into queer cinema than oh, I am. That is a yeah. an accurate and statement. I, I'm not saying I don't. I don't. <laughs> I suck one of things like I don't hate queer cinema. I love uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. That movie's fantastic. Yeah, that's one of my top five. Um, but like you know, I think you're more into it than I would be. Absolutely. Also, I think you're more into period pieces than I am. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What's your number seven? My number seven is another round. All right, well, that's my number six, so we can go ahead and just talk about it now. Okay. Uh, Mads. Mads Mickelson, motherfucker! It's got, it's got such a, it's such an easy, it's such a fun little premise that gets dark. It gets dark yep. at times, and it gets real, and I think that's uh, a testament. Also, Mads is, just seeing Mads pretty much drunk the entire time. Oh my time. gosh, I love, you know I love him. It's fantastic. So another round is a Danish comedy drama following four high school teachers who consume alcohol on a daily basis to see how it affects their social and professional lives. Super charming. I've said this, you know, online, on Letterboxd, on Twitter, everywhere, that the first hour of this film, I did not stop smiling. Mm-hmm. I just had a smile on my face the entire time. Great film, great ending. The ending's fantastic. Love Mads. And also, big news on 2020, Hannibal got put on Netflix, and I binged it. And Will (laughs) Graham and Hannibal definitely kissed on the way down that cliff. (laughs) Just saying it. So speaking of a queer cinema. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care they did it. Amazing. Human flesh. What was your number six? My number six is an Amazon Prime exclusive Vast of Night. Oh, that's on my honorable mention list. The tone of this movie is so consistent. First half of the movie feels like it. this is happening in real time. Like the scenes are happening, but it doesn't feel like they're skipping time in the middle. I feel like if we're on minute 45 or minute 30, it's actually been 30 minutes in the movie's timeline. It's supposed to be, you know, one cut, real yeah. time. Really cool. Soka has um, I love the Paradox Set in the theater. 50s? Yes, it's like it's a Paradox Theater episode. They show that in the little TV screen. I love that yeah. as a fan of like uh, Our Limits and like Twilight Zone. It's directed by Andrew Patterson and the actors. I mean, I think the actress, uh, Sierra McCormick, plays Faye and Jake Horowitz plays Everett. I think these people are great. Even like characters like uh, I can see uh, here, Bruce Davis plays Billy. The voice is the the mm-hmm. black soldier who calls in. I've heard these these uh, these noises before, and you're like, oh man, and the fact that they. 
it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a such a long scene when he's on the phone, but you're so in. in yeah. It's just them. On a, it's on kind a, of like hair raising. You're yeah. just in this conversation, and that's how a lot of the film is. Like, you're right in the action yeah. with them, and I like that film as well. I was lucky enough to see that at Fantastic Fest last year. Uh, then I've watched it a few times on, on Prime since it's, it's been so, added. It's so consistent, and I love the ending. Uh, it's so good. I mean, Bastard Night, I think it's a movie that, from front to back, pacing-wise, great. Go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Nice. We're halfway. We're at the halfway point, Diane. Are you ready? This is the nitty-gritty. Solid, solid top five. I mean, I think any of my... 10 through 6, and my honorable mentions, you know, those could kind of move around. But my top five, man, these these are movies that I really, really liked. All right, so number five, Swallow. Not on my list. I, have, I still haven't I don't seen think it. you've seen it. Yeah. Swallow is a drama thriller about a young housewife with a seemingly perfect marriage and life who develops a disorder that gives her an irresistible urge to eat inedible objects. So it stars Haley Bennett who was recently in another 2020 release called Devil All the Time. She looks like Jennifer Lawrence. So if you ever see an actress in a movie and you're like, wow, that looks like Jennifer Lawrence, it's probably Haley Bennett. She's beautiful. She's a fantastic actress. The cinematography is amazing in this. I love the locations, the set design. The director of photography is Kate Arismendi, who is DP on the new Dune movie. Can't wait for that. That will probably be on my list next year. Maybe. <laughs> Released wide in March of this year. It's now available in VOD. Swallow. That's my number five pick. My number five is Why Don't You Just Die? <laughs> now we can talk about it. I also like that one. Yeah. Why Don't You Just Die? Russian comedy drama thriller. So much blood. Essentially, what one location? It's just what an apartment. Yeah, there's a detective, and he's a bad dad, and it brings together a terrible group of people in his apartment, a resentful actress daughter, an angry thug, a cheated cop. Everyone has a reason to want revenge on each other. So much blood. Just seeing how that apartment just gets destroyed, but it's still, it's not goofy. It's tense, and it's violent, and it's very aggressive. But it still has a charm to it that makes you like, I kind of want to see, uh, I think the character's name is Andre, the, uh, the thug. I, he's a thug, but I kind of want to see how this ends for him. I kind of want to see, how does he get out of this pickle, if he does? Oh, man. I love that this <laughs> this movie, Why Don't You Just Die, came out in 2018, and it's now, you know, two years later, and it's on our end of year list. Yes. Which, it's such a little hidden gem And I think if you're a fan of Quentin Tarantino or any type of bloody foreign drama thrillers, you would really like this. All right, number four. I've watched this movie a few times this year. It's a documentary. You Cannot Kill David Arquette. It's on my list. It's on your list? Definitely. All right, I'll hang on and wait for that. My number four, and I'm probably on your list, is Invisible Man. So that's my number three, so we can go ahead and talk okay. about it. Okay. All right. Uh, Lee Winnell, yeah. famous for Saul, but also, like, he is... Upgrade. Upgrade. Oh, Upgrade was so good. That was definitely my top ten. Mm-hmm. So, two years ago. So, so good. Like, him and James Wan have just, oh like, knocked out, like, gangbusters in Saul. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, this one, it's an updated take on the H.G. Wells tale. 
director Lee Winnell, he's done everything right with this one, I think. He delivers a tense, clever thriller, touches on both horror and sci-fi, touches on... Yeah. Yep, touches on the realness of being a woman, being in an abusive relationship. And the aftermath. Yeah. Like, how do you deal with trust? Elizabeth Moss, she's amazing in this. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of hers. Like, I don't go out of my way to watch stuff that she's in, but ever since I saw this, I've gone out of my way to watch other she's stuff that she's in. She's great as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely different character, though. And The Invisible Man, it came out, you know, earlier this year, and it's available on HBO Max if you want to watch yeah, it now. Yeah, like, this movie, uh, if you think about the original Invisible Man from, like, the 40s, very goofy and campy. This one, not goofy or campy. If you buy the Blu-ray of The Invisible Man, listen to the audio commentary with Lee Winnell. It is very good. He is a very funny person. Oh yeah, like it's I he's love yeah him. he's so so charming and funny and I like, like a lot of like tidbits and little information that you wouldn't know. Like I really like that. It's such that Blu-rays can't be clear. You could have like an invisible disc. I have the soundtrack. The case is clear. Okay. I'm not sure if the actual record <laughs> I imagine is. Imagine they sold them on Blu-ray, but like, there was no cover. It's, like, it's invisible. <laughs> it looks like a bootleg. Yeah. What about uh, you? What's your number three? My number three is Possessor. Mm, Possessor's my number two. Oh, God. This is, this you wanna is talk, working out. So you want to talk about it? Yes. All right. Possessor by Brandon Cronenberg. Hmm. That's last name's familiar. Hmm. Yeah, there's not many Cronenbergs. I okay. wonder, is he the son of uh, David Cronenberg? Yes. And, oh, okay. And this movie is very <laughs> Cronenberg because it deals like, gives the ideas like a video drum of what is reality and what is not. It's more of a movie about self. What yep. is yourself? What defines you as a person? Uh, it's got great performances by Andrea Riseborough. Uh, she was in Mandy, mm-hmm. which was... A, she was Mandy. I think that was my top... Definitely. That was your favorite film. That was my favorite film of 2018, was of Mandy. And she's great in this. Yeah, completely and, different role. And it has Christopher Abbott in it, and I love Christopher also, Abbott. Sean Bean is in it. Sean motherfucking Bean. Sean motherfucking Bean. Yeah, Possessor is so cool. <laughs> Possessor follows an elite corporate assassin who takes control of other people's bodies using brain implant technology to execute high-profile targets. Psychological, I would say, cyberpunkish. Very cyberpunkish. Body horror, especially the de- data mining stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, the cover—you see the cover everywhere. How they get that scene is so great. For Jason Lee, she's also in it, and she's great as well. Yeah, I agree. And it's a really small cast, but everyone in this film is really giving a hundred and ten percent. Also, the effects. Oh my god, I don't usually get grossed out with. Like, violence and, oh, it's just very realistic. Murders and blood splatter. So good. Possessor. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. I agree. Possessor is fantastic. I have a Possessor vinyl coming from Mondo in two months. Yeah. Can't wait. So what's your number two? My number two is You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Ah, it's my number four. Yes, this movie is... It's interesting that you and me are talking about this because I think you love David Arquette more than you like wrestling. 
and I love wrestling more than I like David Arquette. We both yeah, both and we both have respect for each world. Yeah. So, so it's like like I'm filling you in on well, this is what happened at WCW when we're watching, and you're filling me in. Oh, and his with, acting career. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's like this so. It's a great film for the both of us to watch, but it's also a great film in general. It's a great documentary. Yeah, fantastic documentary. And as you mentioned, it follows David Arquette as he attempts a rocky return to professional wrestling, the sport that stalled his promising Hollywood career. And it's crazy because it's like, I don't want to get too deep into wrestling, but it's like really not that big of a deal. Back then... Some people act like it is. I guess I didn't care because when it happened, I was 10. (laughs) But there's a lot of like... 16-year-old neckbeards that with the newly fleshed-out internet is like, this is bullcrap, they're burying. Well, you didn't pin Goldberg, guys. You <laughs> pinned Eric Bischoff. Different. Eric Bischoff's not a wrestler. It's funny. He it's goes, touching. It's raw. Yeah. It's raw. It's very... Heartfelt. It's, it shows his family life. It makes him seem like a real person. I've mentioned this probably on every episode of the podcast, that Scream is my all-time favorite film. And as mm-hmm. everyone knows... Twitter and Instagram, your picture is... Yeah, my user photo has been for 15 years, Drew Barrymore from Scream. Besides that, David Arquette plays Deputy Dewey in that film. And a lot of people don't really know his family side or his struggles. And it really, really just stirred something within me. This person is is really struggling, and God, I really and love, I love yeah. this. And also, he you see him in a wizard outfit on a horse. Oh, that's epic. Delves you into wrestling. If you're not familiar with wrestling, he goes to Mexico and learns the little lucha. Lucha. Mm-hmm. He does those garbage uh, backyard shows. He does deathmatch. He yeah. also introduces you to. And introduced me and you. I didn't, I've seen him on Twitter, but I've grown more of a RJ City. RJ City. Oh my gosh, I love RJ City. Yeah, I've really, since I saw this earlier this year, my fangirlness for RJ City has grown tenfold. Yeah, especially with their, uh, <laughs> was it the coffee with an underwear? Yeah, coffee with RJ. Yeah. Well, if you want to see who RJ City is and you also want to see David Arquette dressed as a wizard while riding a horse, you Cannot Kill David Arquette is available on Hulu. Yeah, it's recently, this, yep. this month came out on Hulu. Seriously, guys, if you aren't really a big fan of wrestling, this is still a documentary that would work for you. If you're not a fan of either, this documentary is a great documentary. Okay, so we're here. The Nitty Gritty, number one for both of us. The big I reveal. Like, I feel like we have the same number one. We do not have the same number one because you have not seen my number one. Oh. It's a dark comedy thriller. It's about a young woman haunted by a tragedy in her past that takes revenge on predatory men unlucky enough to cross her path. My number one film of 2020 is Promising Young Woman. I just mouthed the words while you were saying it. I knew it because I feel like when we saw the trailer for it a, a long year time, ago, a year ago when we were watching something, I don't know what it was. <laughs> multiple movies, they showed the trailer a lot. I, you were like, I'm into this, and I'm like, eh. You saw it, and I'm glad. I guess you liked it. I did go see it. So Promising Young Woman was one of those films that was supposed to come out early on in the pandemic, and it just kept getting pushed. Trailers had been playing since December of last year. It really just looked like something that I would be into, but you never know. Yeah. It's a great trailer. Great trailer. There's that needle drop with the instrumental Britney Spears Toxic. There's so many needle drops. Like, fantastic soundtrack in this film. It came out Christmas Day in theaters. I hadn't been to a theater in 
been, what, twice this year. Once was a press screening of Wonder Woman 84. Uh, the other one was Tenet, which yeah. is not on my list or my honorable mentions. Same here. <laughs> I knew I needed to see it by the end of the year. I didn't want to wait for it to hit digital in a few weeks. And I loved it. The colors are so, like, candy-coated and it's gorgeous. I think that it could have gone slightly more unhinged as far as the violence or, you know, alluding to violence, but it's very effective as is. And I have heard a lot of complaints about the ending, but frankly, I think that what people are complaining about is exactly what the filmmaker set out to do. It's a first-time filmmaker. She wrote and directed this. Her name's Emerald Fennel. The lead in this is Carrie Mulligan. She's absolutely amazing. I've also heard a lot of people saying that 35-year-old Carrie Mulligan can't play a 30-year-old character. That's bullshit. She looks amazing. It's five years. It's five guys. years, and I that's, think that's saying like, oh, because she's a woman, because she ages or whatever, like that. Yeah. Also, there, I think like a few weeks ago, there was like a review saying like she's not hot enough to play this role, and I'm like, oh, you're just like a troll sitting in your basement. You can go fuck yourself. You're the reason this movie exists. <laughs> and Bo Burnham is in this. Oh, Bo Burnham. And he is seriously tall. It's it's kind of weird. I haven't seen him in many things, but what a tall man. There's an Adam Brody cameo. Uh, uh, I love Adam that's, Brody. That's why it's number one. <laughs> I, lo- I always have to note when there's an Adam Brody cameo. So then you're like, oh, there's Adam Brody. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Promising Young Woman, that's my favorite film of the year. I absolutely loved it. I can't wait to see it again. It's going to be like your new guest. It's my new, like, Jennifer's Body. Oh, okay. It's, oh, it's, oh, in, that's it's in those lines. It's, it's definitely... Dialogue-wise, very, like, Diablo Cody, smart, quick-witted dialogue. Okay. Wade, super interested in what your number one is. My number Mm. one is, it's one of those things, like, when I was watching Mm. it, I thought to myself, probably 15 minutes in, this is definitely my top ten. 30 minutes in, oh, this is definitely going to be top five. By the end, I'm like, this is top one or two. Okay, okay. Frankly, this and David Arquette swapped many times in the past 24 hours. My number one... Is Darius Martyr's Sound of Metal. I knew it. You knew when it? You were, when you were describing it, I'm like, that's what it is. Uh, that is my second honorable mention. Yeah, this movie I loved. Uh, as someone who has played in many bands, and I can easily say that I have lost hearing over the past 12 years of playing. Like, my ears, I don't hear as well, and I've now recently been putting in earplugs because this is one of my biggest fears. Uh, it's just, it's about, basically about Riz Ahmed, who... Does the performance of a lifetime. He's so, so good in it. I mean, the fact that this guy has not taken off. I mean, he was amazing in Nightcrawler. Uh, and he was Bay in Rogue One. Yeah. I mean, who I, wasn't Bay in Rogue I, One? I, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was because of Because he was in Venom. Oh, he played right. Riot, I think. He's just not good. Uh, basically, it's about a drummer begins to lose his hearing and has to come to grips with a future that is filled with silence. So basically, he goes deaf. Yeah, sudden, very sudden yeah. he goes deaf. When he goes deaf, which is like probably 10 minutes in the movie, just like like that, just like, and you see his face react. What makes it great is his reaction to everything. Yeah. And it made me, I it's on my phone, uh, I downloaded a digital book to learn ASL. 
It's one of those things like as someone who is not deaf, and I don't I don't think you know anyone deaf. I don't know anyone that's deaf really. I ran into people that have deaf, but I'm um, deaf. I know a few people that have that implant that he ends. This isn't really a spoiler because I think it, it's teased in the trailer, but he gets that implant. I know a few people that have that, so I'm not sure if they're fully deaf. You yeah, know, they I've, have some hearing loss and I've, they have the implant. I've never really de- I never thought of the struggle, and it sounds very selfish. And ignorant, but I've never had to learn about that. So it's like when you delve into it, something I'm not familiar with, and it's moving, especially when he gets that treatment. He gets that surgery, and a surgery, uh, you go through that, and I'm like, that is so weird. Like, it sounds like static. It's so weird. And it's basically he wants to get his life back. He wants to go back to drumming with his, his boo, Olivia Cook. Who has bleached eyebrows, which is awesome. <laughs> she looks very cool. So I think maybe the reason it wasn't on my top ten list, I had some issues with you know how they portrayed the surgery that he got. I felt like he they villainized it, and I didn't think that was very fair to people that do have that surgery. But it definitely shows the struggles of one someone that has lost their hearing, and you know they're a musician, and that's their livelihood and what they depend on. And two, he's an addict. And then that's that's another big thing. And the thing is, I think what really affects it, and it doesn't villainize it. I think it's because of what he wants to do. And sorry, this is it's somewhat spoilerly. What he wants to do with playing metal, he can't do it with this surgery. I think that's that's not I, I don't well, see and, he's, and I think here. he's a he's addicted to the codependency that he has yes. with Olivia Cook's character. It's so so he does it a lot because he wants to be with her and, and he doesn't you know, see the life he is building at this. Yeah, this, uh, but it's camp. it's a it's a beautiful journey. Yeah, Rizamed is so so good in this movie. If he's not nominated for some awards next year, I'm going to be very upset. Sound of Metal. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's so I can't praise it enough. It's the emotion. It's so complex. Yeah, I mean, that's like saying, like, as a guitar player, it's like saying, like, I'll get carpal tunnel and I, and I can't use my hand anymore. like that, Or get my hand cut off. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's what it's like. And I can't imagine. And also, the, the last scene. The last has, shot. Yeah, it has a great final so scene. It's so fantastic. My wrote on Letterboxd that I think sums it up pretty well is it's about loss, rebuilding, acceptance, and the appreciation in the moment of stillness. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my number one, which I'm very surprised with because I thought after we saw David Arquette, I'm like this is number one, but Sound of Metal blew me away with its filmmaking. I have recommended it to a lot of people. Yeah, like it's so freaking good. <laughs> yes, that's how good it is. You hit that note. Good. That falsetto. I have a few honorable mentions, but first I wanted to note that I have not seen Minari. With Steven Yoon, and that would probably be at the top of my list, but it's only playing in, like, New York and L.A. right now. It played some festivals earlier in this year, and it doesn't go digital till next year. Yeah. So, Minari is probably an amazing film. Same with, like, Nomadland. Oh, both yeah. Both are getting rave reviews, but unfortunately I have not Thanks had... Yeah, I haven't had the opportunity to see those, but I, I wanted to put those on everyone's radar. Wade, what kind of honorable mentions do you have for 2020? Boy, are we doing this one by one? or are We, we can go back and forth if uh, you want. Mortuary Collection. That was a good one. It's great. I love anthology films. I've talked about that a bunch also, on the Scare podcast. Also, Scare Package is also great, but I think Mortuary Collection is... Solid. So- I think the problem with Scare Package is, I think the middle skits aren't it's great. It's long. Yeah, very long. 
Uh, but this one, I mean, the last tail with the babysitter is so good. Also, the prep when it gets pregnant. What? Yep. Also, great has a, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Played the mortuary guy's uh, mortician, whatever it is. Played by Clancy Brown, who's always classic in whatever he's in. Whatever, if he's put in anything, he's great. Clancy Brown is actually in my number one film of the year, oh, Promising snap. Young Woman. Oh, he plays Carrie Mulligan's father in the film. Nice. Uh, so he's great. I, I love this anthology film. It's great. I have a few honorable mentions. One is a television show stand-up on Netflix. Oh, I know what it is. Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Yeah. Cannot recommend Middle Ditch Same. and Schwartz, will, Schwartz I, enough. I will... I will die on the hill. It's improv stand-up on Netflix. There's, what, like three episodes? Yeah. Um, Love it. Um, if you're looking for something to laugh at and a good pick-me-up, oh, I would highly recommend that. What was the two kids' names? Robbie and Glob? What was it? Roby and Toby. Roby and Toby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I had to pick one, I think these the classroom. The classroom? <laughs> Though the wedding one is really good, too, but the classroom one is so great. Watch all of them. Yeah, they're they're so them. good. It's only three of them. The next film on my honorable mentions, it just missed my top ten. Number ten spot was between Gretel and Hansel and this. Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey was actually in mine, too. Birds of Prey, what a surprise, especially in the year where Wonder Woman 84 comes out, and Birds of Prey is a far superior movie in tone. And an action and comedy had its style. It had a yep. style, and it did, like the problem is Suicide Squad, the original one, had a style, but they they gave they basically gave up on the style fifteen minutes in. Right. This one had it throughout. I mean, uh, same reasons I loved it. Uh, Ewan McGregor, great villain playing Black Mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pl- the guy who plays Zaz is great. Oh, too. he's so good. The fact that those two those two characters are B-list characters for Batman villains. But they, for two characters that, that are very serious characters, they play it off differently, and I love it. Every character in that film had screen time, got their arc. Um, Rosie Perez, of course, is, looks fantastic for her age. I think that Birds of Prey and Promising Young Woman would probably make a fun, well, may, I wouldn't say fun, a uh, strong woman revenge themed <laughs> candy colored double feature it made, it they made, both have beautiful color palettes oh yeah it made you appreciate that breakfast wrap <laughs> like, yeah find someone that looks at you the same way harley quinn looks at a breakfast sandwich yeah another honorable mention i have is a movie i watched two nights ago it's called wolf walkers mm, it's seen on it. it's on uh, apple plus okay or apple tv plus whatever i'm gonna call it it's it's like a it's an animation it's an animated film. Uh, there's not many notable voice actors in it, but Sean Bean is in it as well. Plays mm. the dad. Basically, it's about this kind of like this Irish town, this Irish village mm, city. It's more city, but it's like from the 1800s or 1700s. Sorry, and it's basically they're afraid of wolves, and there's wolf walkers. Are basically people that could turn into wolves when they fall asleep. Whoa. And uh, if they bite someone, they become a wolf walker. So this kind of this English girl gets bitten by a, like a wolf walker child. And they grow this like this friendship thing. And the dad is a wolf hunter. And it's just, it's, it's a great, it's beautifully animated. I have to praise it. Uh, it's great. It's probably one of the best animated films. I've not seen Soul. 
So I can't say. Yeah, so. I haven't seen Soul or Wolf Walkers yet, but I will eventually watch Wolf both Walk- of them. For some, for some, for Apple Plus, I mean, there's not a lot on Apple Plus. I think Wolf Walkers is worth watching for the app. So that's Wolf Walkers. That is an honorable mention for me. Do you have any more? What's another honorable mention for you? Yeah, so I have a few that are kind of in the sci-fi horror realm. Uh, we actually had a little bit of a debate on whether or not I could put this on my honorable mentions list earlier. Synchronic. I have not By seen Justin it. Benson and Aaron Moorhead. You can. I can't. I saw Synchronic at Fantastic Fest 2019. It's a really cool sci-fi film starring Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan. Again, another one of those unfortunate films that kept getting pushed. It had a smallish release in theaters in October, and it goes digital next year. It was released theatrically in 2020, so I feel I felt we were putting it on my top 10. I, I did really like it. But I had to mention it because I love those guys, and I think that what they're doing within the, the sci-fi realm is is really unique and yeah. very interesting. Uh, another one, Spree. Spree was fun. Super fun. It's not a perfect movie by all means, but it's super, super fun. It's got, uh, God, what's his name? Joe Keery. Joe Keery. So good. From Stranger Things. I mean, Joe Keery is so also, good. Also, Micah Monroe's boo thing. Also, uh... Let's not forget uh, David Arquette's in it as well. David Arquette is in it! Yes. Uh, Kurt's World 96, that was his name. Uh, it's such a great, especially a good commentary on how everything's about likes and views and stuff like that. I mean, we deal with podcasts and YouTube videos, so I know all about it, but we're not like, no. our lives depend no. on it. No. But he's great in it, especially since it's a horror film. You know, I mean, Stranger Things is kind of hard, but like, he's yeah. more of a comedic guy. This one, he's like, he's comedic, but... In the dark turn. It takes a dark turn. Another horror film that I wanted to recommend was called Spontaneous. It's a romantic comedy horror film about high school where the students just start spontaneously exploding. Oh, shit. And it's really cool. And it's probably one of my bigger surprises of the year. I knew nothing about it until just one day I just stumbled upon it. And the poster is horrible, and you think it's just not good based on whoever designed the poster, but Spontaneous, I would recommend if you like body horror. Additionally, I wanted to recommend Anything for Jackson. I've not seen this one yet. Anything for Jackson is currently streaming on Shudder. It has amazing Japanese-style scares. I had actually talked about it on the Stage Fright episode with Dylan Tillman. We both really liked Anything for Jackson. And another sci-fi-ish kind of fantasy recommendation that I have is Love and Monsters, which is kind of an apocalyptic... I want to see it. Yeah, I, 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 I think you would like it. I didn't have enough time to see it. It's on, it's on video. Yeah, it's about this disaster happens and all of the animals on the planet, like all of the small ones, like bugs or frogs, anything that's little is now just horrible and giant and monstrous and it's you know the main character is like he's like very wimpy and quiet and can't defend himself and he goes on this journey and it's it's really really cool I, I was pleasantly surprised by that one as well as another one where just on a whim I watched it and it was a good watch my last honorable mention is Black Bear that's one of mine too it stars Aubrey Plaza and uh, a second time 
uh, guest on this this list, Christopher Abbott. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is one of the most unique movies of the year, I think. Very unique. Storytelling wise. Uh, don't watch the trailer. It kind of spoils mm-hmm. something very special about it, which we are not going to spoil. Yes. The plot takes place at a remote lake house. A couple entertains an out-of-town guest looking for inspiration in her filmmaking. The group quickly falls into a calculated game of desire, manipulation, and jealousy, unaware of how dangerously intertwined their lives soon become. Yeah. Cool. All right, so here's my honorable let mentions. There's some shows. There's a concert. There's two concerts, actually. Let's go for it. Uh, the shows I want to give a shout-out to is McMillions. That was a fun one, but here's Was that the, the McDonald's controversy one? I did watch that. Yeah. That was uh, this year? Yeah. Woo. Came out in March. I'm just putting this here because I think it was very important for the world in March, the late March of this year, Tiger King. Oh, shout out to Tiger King. How did I, I like forget it? It's one of the most important. What an event. I think like it's something that we needed in this yeah. pandemic. This is the start of the pandemic, too. Man, that was when we were like... Oh, this is just gonna be like two weeks, and we're gonna go back to work. And uh, nine months later, <laughs> yeah, that happened. Um, so that's the shows for concert wise. David Burns' American Utopia was fun. Mm-hmm. It would not make my top ten. I also see people putting their top ten movies. I don't. It's a concert. And people are like, well, there's a story. It's David Burns, so there's gonna be some yeah, of course weird there's story. a story. Yep. Uh, Hamilton. Okay. Hamilton came out. It's great. Um, for movies. Hold less. Yeah, if you hear a sheet of paper rustling throughout it's the episode, me. it's it's Wade's neat little list he has. Uh, let's see. Wolf of Snow Hollow was fun. Mm-hmm. I would not put my li- uh, Dick Johnson is dead. A little manipulative at the end, but Dick Johnson, he deserves to be honorable mention because he rules. Uh, let's see. Who, what else do I have? I have Bill and Ted face the music. Wholesome. That fun. was, yeah, definitely wholesome. It's something, we, another thing we need in the world. Shout out to Baltimore filmmakers, uh, Chris Lamartina and Jimmy George. They did What Happens Next Will Scare oh, You. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's... I didn't want to put it on my list because I don't know if it's available for people yeah, to watch. Yeah, I think it was playing festivals, but digital it's, festivals. It may be available next year. It probably won't be because, honestly, because I know them, I probably would not put it on my list because, you know, I, mean, I don't want to be nepotism or, you know, friendism, whatever. Uh, whatever, I can't <laughs> talk right now. Uh, and here's two that uh, I saved for last because I feel like... You didn't like these movies as much as I did. Mm. Uh, Relic? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just still on that hereditary train, and I, I th- just felt... I think it's because I've known someone that died of Alzheimer's, yeah. so I saw someone actually fade away, and it's actually kind of smartly made. Also, when she's going into the closet, and it gets smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. like that part, I still... Th- if, I, if I could... My terrible memory, and I can remember it, well, one thing I will say about Relic is that I had recently watched a movie called The Dark and the Wicked, which is getting a lot of praise in the horror community. But it has that very similar theme where it symbolizes grief and loss and losing people that mean a lot to you. And I think Relic was a much cooler version of The Dark and the Wicked. So if yeah. you're you're deciding which of the two to watch of the 2020 grief horror movies... Watch Relic. Yes. And the last one I will mention, uh, mostly because it disturbed me to no end, and you didn't like the movie, I, it's average for me, is Color Out of Space. 
Uh, controversial. Yeah, we yeah. start on a, with a hot take with Gretel and Hansel. We're ending with Color Out of Space. Like, everyone says it's amazing, and I think it's fine for what it is. I think people walk into this thinking it's going to be like Mandy with the colors, but it really isn't. Whoever plays the daughter is decent. Uh, I do like, I mean, the stuff that happens oh, to the mother. Yeah, the transformation, the body horror. Yes, that was on that's, point. That's nightmare, nightmare fuel. I had to do mm-hmm. an mention for the nightmare fuel. And probably the last 20 minutes in the movie is fantastic, I think. But it takes a while to get there. Yeah. And that's what holds me back. And Nicolas Cage... He's fine, I think. I'll watch anything Lovecraftian, but I just wasn't really blown away by it, and I just felt like it wasn't taken very seriously, and that that bummed me out. I think 2020 is uh, a very misfire for Lovecraft. Because Lovecraft Country is okay. Still haven't finished it. I haven't finished it either, because... I think I'm two episodes behind from um, the end. Three? I think I'm three. I'm three. I think I'm two. Because we used to, like, you know, we would live watch it. Like, yeah. Either, like, together and then we or, just fell off because the show just fell off. It just, like, pick a story. Just do yeah. it, guys. If you do a season two, pick a story, stick to it. Yep. I mean, we ha- we started off with Gretel and Hansel and end with Lovecraft. That sounds like a list that we would do. <laughs> sounds like a list episode we would do. Yep. So, and that was exciting. For a year, for especially, like, since, like... As we close, I will say that I think June of this year, both of us looked at each other and were like, I don't think we can do a top ten this year. No. Because it was like, we're going to put Sonic the Hedgehog, which was fun. I mean, I think it was very easy for me to form a top ten and like ten honorable mentions, where usually I'm top ten struggling of what to put on the top ten. Yes. This year was kind of, you know, Gretel and Hansel or Birds of Prey. And, you know, I liked liked both enough, but... My top five, solid. Oh, I do have an honorable mention. Uh, for 2020, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Everything Pedro. I like. mean, Wonder Woman 84 is the best part of it. Yeah. Hands down. And Mandalorian, this is probably the best season of Mandalorian. Probably the best thing Star Wars in a long time. And I liked episode seven through nine. I like them. don't love them. I like them. But Mandalorian, I love yeah, Pedro, if you're listening to this episode, give Sponsor me us. give me a call. Yeah. Or tweet me. I or... you to adopt me. <laughs> Can you adopt a 30-year-old man, please? <laughs> because you are a gem among all gems. But yeah. Well, Wade, thank you so much for being on this episode and sharing your list alongside me. I think we had a lot of similar opinions and a lot of differing opinions and I think a lot of great recommendations for the listeners. Oh, my God, yeah. Especially since, I'm going to tell you now, last year, this year was kind of easy to make a top ten, honestly. But I fear that next year. Yeah, next year it's going to be kitchen sink. It's going to be like old 2020 movies that are supposed to come out and also 2021 original content supposed to come out. So we might have to do a top 20 at some point. Maybe. We'll see. Or we'll maybe, see. Six, maybe, maybe six months COVID, in, we'll do a top ten. and COVID's then COVID's going to mess everything up, watch. <laughs> hey, you know what? To be fair, I'm not doing uh, New Year's resolutions because can't do anything. I mean, mine is um, instead, of, instead of 12 hours of screen time, do 11 hours. Uh, instead of walking from, you know, one side of the room to the other, like walk it twice to get my steps in. Yeah. Maybe wear real pants. 
That those are pretty good. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to change. High. Mine. Mine's always don't die. Very high. <laughs> that's, that's always one day. That's a that, great one. Yeah. Wade, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote while I have you on this bonus episode? Well, certainly. Uh, Frank and Swade at Twitter. Swade guy on Instagram. You can follow me, and I'm gonna post pictures of my top ten favorite albums. Ooh. YouTube.com/slash/MakingItProductions. My short films are on there. I'm working mm-hmm. on something else. I'm not going to talk about what it is. You're going to have to listen to Red Queen Kills seven times to find For out all what of that I'm top teasing. secret. Yeah. Yeah, so you, to, you, you can't just listen to this episode. You got to listen to the Jalo Moss Club, especially for the Mink and Dish side. You got to listen to her stuff. And Suede MCP on Letterboxd. I got to promote the Letterboxd. Yep. So you can keep following the movies, especially as we head into the new year. What am I going to watch? Who knows? Dune's coming out, guys. Oh, boy. Dune. This holiday season, the spice must flow. Use promo code SANDWORM (laughs) for 5% off Dune on HBO Max. If you watch SNL, you'll get that reference. (laughs) Or if you've been around me in the last week. (laughs) Oh, oh, last one I mentioned. I forgot. Freaky! Freaky was okay. Freaky was fun! Because you say that quote all the time now. That's oh. why I mentioned it. <laughs> I do say the one quote. I thought it was fine. I gave it a three out of five on Letterboxd. Same here, but I thought I just want to shout out because you, you, might not, you say that line all the time. Also, Vince Vaughn. You deserve Vince it. Vince Vaughn was good in it. Well, for me, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Jollo Club. If you're listening to this very special bonus episode on Apple Podcasts and you like what you hear, please give the podcast a five-star rating. The Jalo of the Month Club logo design is by Vegan Patches on Instagram. Theme music is by Dream Division. You can find Dream Division's music on Instagram at Dream Division Music. And you can follow myself, Diana, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Diana NK. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this favorite films list of an okay year. That was 2020. Wade, thank you for being here. Very happy to be here. (laughs) As always, I'm your host, Diana. As always, I'm your guest host. Second time in a row this month. Wade. (laughs) 